Welcome. Welcome to the No Name Yet podcast. That is the podcast with no name. And on tonight's show is the woman who smiles when she preaches, the Reverend Felicia White Collins. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. It's an honor. I thank you for agreeing to be on the show and uh it's been a long time coming and uh i'll just start out by saying that uh uh reverend collins that's what i call her reverend collins um was my pastor uh for i don't know five five years about, about and uh, she was my pastor when I went through the Ministerial Institute and when I was ordained uh, an itinerant deacon and when I was ordained an itinerant elder and I worked under her leadership until I was sent to St. James. And uh, she is a wonderful woman of God and she is probably one of the hardest workers that I know and uh, I welcome you on the No Name Yet podcast. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. So have you, have you, ever, have you ever watched uh, an episode of the podcast? No, I have not yet. Okay. So uh, our episode will probably be us coming in for a landing. Um, because, I mean, I, our podcast isn't crazy or anything, but uh, there is a lot of foolishness that occurs. So you you might bring a little sanity to the show. Uh oh, <laughs> that's dangerous. That's dangerous. So um, so I want to just put something past you that wasn't on the outline that I gave you. Okay. Uh, now uh, you know that um, uh, you know Gritty that does the tech for St. James and. Uh, mm-hmm has become a really good friend and, you know, influenced me to even do this podcast. I mean, he's really talented at what he does, but uh, on one of his uh, last podcasts, uh, he lost his mind. Uh, That is uh, Prince in the background that uh, Gritty lost his mind over a couple that paid $5,000 for Mickey and Minnie to be at their wedding and they didn't feed their guests. And he said it was outrageous. It was ridiculous that anyone would be invited to a wedding and not be fed. And I was just wondering what your feelings were on that. I guess the question is, did Mickey and Minnie bring any food themselves? I don't think they did. I think I would have been a little hungry. Prob would have to go through a drive-through. I've been in a situation where we were supposed to be fed, we're not fed. As a matter of fact, we're starving and had to find a local drive-through and found myself at a bar uh, late at night trying to get something to eat. Uh, so I can definitely understand where Brittany's coming from. Okay. Uh, yeah. All right. I thought it was a little over the top. And, nah. uh, you know, the article, just real. the article went on to say that, you know, like their whole, the, the, they love, you know, Walt Disney and they go there every year and, and there was food trucks available to get some food. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I think I probably would have to certainly gotten something off the food truck if that, if that was an option. Um, especially if I knew that Mickey and Minnie Mouse were going to be there. Um, probably would have ate, eaten also before I got into the wedding. Too. Yeah. And and I was thinking along the lines that this is must have been an official Mickey and Minnie. Oh, exactly. You know, and and, and it wasn't somebody that uh it wasn't somebody off of uh Times Square. I hope not. I hope not. I definitely hope not. Not if you paid that much for them to be there. Um wondering too, was it was it in Disney World by uh, Disney World by any chance? Uh, or did it come to wherever the uh event was held at. I think it, they came to them, but I'm not mm, sure. 
Okay, that's why they didn't have a lot of money for food then. I wonder if Minnie and Minnie got a chance to eat something while they were there. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh -huh. Um. So, so what, 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 uh, what is the longest that you've ever had to wait for a wedding to start? Oh man, I would say about an hour. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was uh, at a wedding that uh, uh, started over two, almost two and a half hours late. And then when we got to the uh, banquet hall. Um, the food was taking a really long time. <laughs> so I left and they said, why are you leaving? And I'm like, I don't know. I mean, we've been here for, I've been, this has been for four hours and we've only gotten about a half hour of entertainment. So. <laughs> oh, so th that means there are no appetizers or anything like that? No appetizers, no. Oh, no. Mm. no. Wow. And I think I had a bottle. They gave out bottles of water. Oh, yeah. Not enough to hold you over. No. So, so I was just wondering if you wanted to talk about where you grew up and what your favorite memory is growing up. Mm. I grew up um, in between, um, certainly um, born in Meridian, Mississippi. Um, you used to spend my summers there, uh, before uh, starting coming to upstate New York, um, which was, a, it was like living in two worlds because certainly in the summertime, uh, when I was younger, it seemed as though the weeks went by so slow. Mm. Um, and then certainly as I've gotten older, it seemed as though the weeks go by quickly. Um, and I would say my favorite memory really was being able to, uh, get together with family members. Uh, play games, watch a great movie, uh, laugh, talk, and especially to look through old picture books. Hmm. Uh, I mean, either when I was younger or cousins were younger, and to reminisce over times and events. And uh, I, I really enjoy, enjoyed that, uh, especially when I was younger. And, um, and like I said, just being together with, with people. Mm -hmm. And, and what, what kind of games did you play? Oh, we used to play hot scotch. We also used to play jump rope. Um, I was pretty good at that. And um, just used to have a good time. Uh, ride bicycles um, uh, in the neighborhood. Um, what I really enjoyed about that time period, too, is that um, it was not unusual for someone to knock on your door in order to you may want to come out and play. And mm -hmm. you literally... Uh, were outside uh, a lot. You didn't want to spend much time inside, uh, certainly unless you were on punishment. Other than that, to be able to go outside was a big deal. Yeah. In the play. Yeah, and uh, I remember my childhood and days seemed so long, in a good way. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, I grew up on a dead end, so uh, you know, we would play kick the can in the street, and we painted a uh, uh, four square court oh. right on the street and we play four square and uh and you know we had the river uh right at the end of the street oh. and uh i wasn't supposed to go down there <laughs> uh oh so of course i did oh. and uh my mother wanted to kill me one winter there was a uh a boy that lived next door that was just, it was just trouble no matter what he did. <laughs> and he built a sled out of uh, plywood and water skis. Oh, wow. And so he said, let's try the sled. So he went to the riverbank. Now this isn't just a, a, like a bank that's like six feet. It's probably a good 40 feet down. Um, and uh, so we, you know, we got on there and we went down and, uh, you know, when the river freezes, the ice pushes up the riverbank. Mm -hmm. So the skis hit the lip of the ice and oh the, the whole sled just exploded. 
and uh, Eric and I went rolling onto the ice, and I, I think I cut my head, and and uh, so I don't know if my mother heard it or, or what, but by the time we climbed back up the riverbank, she was like, "Get in this hole!" <laughs> I I told you not to play with that boy. <laughs> Oh, those were the good old days. Yep, yep, those were the good Ooh, old curiosity. Days. Yeah, yeah, and we used to have a store down uh, below the avenue. That's uh, Scotia speak for anything that's south of Mohawk Avenue, and <laughs> uh, it was like a corner store, maybe about four or five blocks uh, away from my house. And you know, they used to have all the cool candy. Oh, and, you know, like. My my favorite were candy cigarettes and, <laughs> and uh, little toys. I, I miss that kind of stuff. Yeah. My dad used to give us an allowance. It was $5 a week. And uh, that was for us to pick up some junk food or what have you. And uh, I remember we had an option of two corner stores. If you went to the left, there was a corner store called Jane's. And if you went to the right, it was called Jane's 2. So really depending on what you wanted, you, you go to the store. Mm-hmm. And uh, I never forget one time I didn't go to the store. And um, uh, my sister was going, my brother James was going. And my brother James says, well, what do you want? I'll pick it up for you. So I said, okay. And I told him what I wanted. He came back with a comic book. I said, where's my stuff? He says, I forgot. I said, give me back my money. He says, I can't. I want this comic book. What, what comic book was it? I don't even know, but I was mad as anything. <laughs> <laughs> he had a comic book, but he had nothing for me. So I was like, oh, my God. Oh. So, you know, that reminds me of a story of uh, a preacher. Uh, and his wife was uh, also a preacher. And uh, they, they uh, traveled together in the church van down to uh i think chatham or uh Kuxaki for probably a fellowship service mm-hmm. and uh she said uh i'm really hungry would you please just get us a snack mm-hmm. and uh he got back in the van with uh pork rinds <laughs> and she she was known to hate pork rinds and she was <laughs> you why did you get those? You know, I don't like them. He goes, oh, good. More for me. <laughs> wow. It was a quiet wow. trip on the way back from Chatham. Oh, I can only imagine. Yeah. yeah. I can only imagine. <laughs> oh, man. Life. Yeah. Yep. Preachers, preachers are human, too. Oh, yes, we are very human. Uh-uh. So I was uh, curious. Um, to hear uh, your perspective on uh, what the Lord, what God has done for you in your life. I mean, there are so many things that God has done and sort of continues to do in my life. Um, I mean, as I'm thinking present, and present means meaning today and even this week. Um, so this, this has been a very difficult week, uh, a stressful week. Um, but what God has really done for me, that even when things are difficult, he just reminds me that he is present. Hmm. Uh, and when I say present, present on, on, on my best days, on my worst days, on my in-between days, even on the days I think that I'm going to lose it, uh, I have to admit that God is, is with me and God allows me to sometimes just sit in, in quietness, even silence, sometimes even darkness, uh, sometimes just to reflect. And uh, and it's almost like he gives me uh, an opportunity to certainly tell him all about it and then calm down and then say, okay, now, Lord, I've told you all about it, but Lord, uh, what do you have to say? I mean, what do you want me to do? Uh, so that's what God has done for me, uh, allowed me to express uh, myself, but also allowed me to uh, make room so I can hear from him. So that um, whatever I do, at the end of the day, 
whether I want to or not, uh, is in line with what, uh, what he would have me to do for that time or season in my life. And I don't even have to like it. <laughs> Wait, what's that? I don't even have to like it. You don't even have to like it. No. Yeah. And just know, you know, it's a season I got to go through. And, um, and I also realize that even as a preacher, you're constantly growing. I mean, you're growing in, in, in your faith. You're growing in your walk uh, because you too are challenged. And you just don't quite know where that challenge is going to come from. It can come within the church, in your home. Um, it can come with friends, uh, any place, anytime, any hour. And oftentimes when you least expect it. <laughs> right. Right. And, and, and that's, uh, I think we'll jump to that. Yeah. Uh, what, would you, what would you say are the, the challenges of being a pastor? I think one of the main challenges of being a pastor is um, time. It, 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 it seems like you don't have enough time um, to not just meet the congregational needs, but also the needs of your household. I mean, if you have children, if you have a spouse, I mean, time is limited. And by the time you do get home, you're exhausted. And I think one of another challenges is literally learning how to say no. Not always yes, but no. And I would say thirdly is learning how to, to set boundaries. <laughs> I mean, and you have to have those boundaries in order for you to have healthy relationship and also in order for you to have a, a time of rest. Because uh, otherwise you're constantly working. You could be working 24 hours. Mm -hmm. uh, you can have a day job and come home and let's say you like tonight. I have some things I have to do uh, in preparation for uh, for tomorrow's funeral. Um, so uh, I mean, the day hasn't ended yet, and then I have to get that done so that tomorrow morning I'm not rushing or trying to get up early enough to do it. Uh, so then I also have to be able to say, you know what, I need to get into bed by whatever time uh, so I can get uh, whatever number of hours of sleep that I need. So yeah. those boundaries, learning how to say. No, uh, are key. Yeah, uh, my uh, my predecessor at St. James, uh, you know, told me that uh, his advice to me was to learn to be uh, as sharp as a snake and gentle as a dove. It's true. Sure. Uh, it is. You know, it is hard. Well, I've I've learned how to say no. Uh, I would say that is an incredible learning experience. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, you know, listening to other colleagues um, and some of the things that other colleagues uh, faced in their congregations, um, I'm blessed that uh, St. James is relatively easy mm -hmm. when it comes to personalities. Mm -hmm. um, but still, you know, you find those challenging moments where you know what you're going, what you're going to deliver out of your mouth isn't going mm -hmm. to be well received. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was one of my growing, growing edges in life was my yes being yes and my no being no. Because mm -hmm. uh, I got jammed up when, I, you know, I was afraid to give somebody bad news or unpleasant news. And I, I just... Uh, you know, didn't say anything. And then it just would come back to me tenfold mm -hmm. um, to bite me. And it's important to be able to say what you mean and mean what you say. Mm -hmm. Agree. I truly agree. And uh, when you were talking <laughs> earlier, um, you, you had said something that reminded me of um, the concept of uh, unknowing. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I've joined an ecumenical Franciscan group. And uh, right now we're doing a course online with Richard Rohr. Mm -hmm. And uh, he talks a lot about the unknowing and being comfortable not knowing. And I think that's a really a helpful, helpful con concept when you sit and you listen, you know, when you really think about it. Mm -hmm. Um, cause I think a lot of my fear comes from 
like how are we going to do this i don't know how we're going to make this and um you know and it's finding finding that connection with god and being okay with not knowing mm-hmm. it, it, it is uh, uh difficult um sometimes it's, it's not knowing how to uh approach a situation or, or a person um especially when uh, let's say uh, let's say you're dealing with a, um, a member or ex-member and you're dealing with a confrontation or you're dealing with a, a decision that was made and uh, and whatever reason someone's blaming you for the outcome um that's difficult and um when you find yourself even praying about it uh not being uh, upset or mad but really hurt <laughs> that the person um is blaming you for something that uh, that they did, or or if they are either uh, gathering other folks to kind of gain up on you, uh, when all you really want to do is just uh, uh, be pastoral and pastoral in the sense that you're able to sit, talk, may not agree, but at least be able to talk. And then um, even sometimes I find myself, especially in the morning. Um, Coming downstairs, uh, I like to sit in darkness. Never thought I would like to just to sit in darkness. And I like to listen to the birds. I like to mm. crack the windows up. Um, and, and, and somehow or another, I find my sense of peace as I'm trying to really um, meditate, um, kind of clean up the clutteredness that's uh, either going on around me, what I heard, or maybe what I, what I went to bed with uh, that was on my mind. So I can begin the day anew, mm-hmm. um, and so that I don't get distracted. Because uh, otherwise, uh, even as a, a minister, I remember recently at a, at a conference, um, uh, Reverend James E. Simmons preached that sermon. Uh, even preachers bleed. Elijah runs into a place where there is no future and there is no survival by himself. Matter of fact, beloved hearts, listen to Elijah's very words. Elijah said, I've had enough, Lord. Take my life. I know better than my ancestors. Elijah's self-esteem is low. His self-concept is diminished. His self-worth is non-existent. In other words, Elijah is Jail cell and problem after problem, it will cause 
the uh, preacher to bleed. Yep. When we have to be the preacher and the teacher and the volunteer coordinator and the janitor and the usher and the IT expert and all the above, it will call a preacher to bleed. When we have to figure out what we're doing and no one told us how in the world we're supposed to do it, it will cause a preacher to bleed. Matter of fact, I just wonder if I have any preachers in the house who have ever had to preach while bleeding. Do I have some preachers who have ever had to teach while bleeding? Because even preachers bleed. Yeah. That has been just so true, yeah. uh, because again, we have a heart, uh, and uh, certainly we have emotions, and somehow or another, um, I think oftentimes people think that we are superwomen or or supermen when in fact we are human, um, in every sense of being a human. Uh, the the difference is is that uh, we have been called to serve and in the capacity, whether it be the pastor or the minister, and so we we. We try our very best, uh, and certainly with God's help, to uh, to tr to serve, and even to serve even when it's uncomfortable, mm -hmm. because sometimes we are in some uncomfortable waters, and but yet and still we are expected still to be Pastor Collins, regardless, even though let's say you just tripped me up, or let's say you just insulted me, or let's say you questioned something or you blame me for something that uh, I wasn't guilty of, but yet and still, I still got to deliver that sermon, still got to deliver that eulogy, and I have to be able to do it and do it um, not dealing with flesh and how I'm feeling at that moment, because I may not be feeling good, but that does not stop the fact is that uh, I'm called to preach or called to do a eulogy or whatever I'm called to do or to serve someone who perhaps... Uh, has not been kind to me. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I'm glad that you mentioned that sermon, even pastors bleed. Um, I'll put uh, a link to it in the, in the uh, description, and, mm -hmm. you know, for those listening and um, Hey, I don't know what the religious demographic of uh, the no name yet podcast audience is. Uh, but, uh, you know, if there's any kind of clergy in your life, um, even uh, somebody that you just know as a friend, uh, it's, it's a good listen. Pastor mm -hmm. Simmons is a dynamic preacher. And, uh, you know, that uh, pastors do bleed. Uh, pastors do cry, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, but also pastors rejoice. Mm -hmm. with the people and Certainly. rejoice in the Lord. And ultimately our job is to uh, love on the people. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And then, yeah. you know, I, I just think that sometimes, you know, the, like all the demands, like all the administrative demands of the church uh, just uh, dilutes like how much lo loving that <laughs> you can do on the congregation. Sure, I, I definitely agree. Uh, as a matter of fact, there's some things that I have to do tonight. Um, it's more administrative than anything, uh, but it has to be done because I have to have that uh, in preparation, certainly for Wednesday's funeral and also in preparation for a Thursday funeral. Uh, as a matter of fact, one of my other colleagues said to me, isn't there someone else that can do it? I said, unfortunately, no. So in order to make sure that that's done and taken care of, I need to do that tonight before I go to bed mm -hmm. and make sure that's all in order uh, so that I can um, have what I need for Wednesday, certainly have what I need for Thursday, and even some paperwork that needs to be done, some reports that need, need to be done for my quarter that comes up on Saturday morning. So it's going to be difficult because I'm bivocational. Yeah. And uh, so uh, the, the job does not end. Let's say at lunchtime, you may have your laptop and a tablet because you're trying to go between the two. And certainly text and dust uh, is helpful to be able to send messages out to your members. And it may just be a hello, how are you doing? Or what have you, but to be able to find a medium uh, that you can 
uh, stay in contact. And certainly for your seniors to be able to get on that phone and give them a call and see how they're doing too uh, is another means. And we, we both share that, that we're both bivocational. We work a full-time job on top mm -hmm. of pastoring, which is a full-time job. And oh yeah. Yeah. It, it, it has no, it's, it's not a nine to five. If you think it's nine to five, five days a week, I'm a day number. Um, I hate to disappoint you. Yeah. No regular hours because the phone can ring at any time, a text can come at any time. Um, and it would then change uh, what your plans were. So on, on the ever-changing landscape of people who identify as religious, um, I was just curious uh, what you might say to uh, say somebody who really hasn't been exposed to church or a young person. Um, what does faith in church offer people? Hmm. I think faith in church offers a hope. Um, and I think that's one of the things that's lacking today. I mean, you turn the TV on and uh, it can be disgusting, disgusting to watch the TV. Um, let's say you're even in your own internet and and the things that are going on in the world today uh, can oftentimes lose you discouraged. Uh, certainly not encouraged, but discouraged and wondering what's next. Um, and not in a positive way, but uh, certainly in a, in a negative way. Uh, for me, uh, even as a child growing up, uh, church was that, that place of hope, uh, that place of faith, uh, that place that uh, was not something I could always put in words, but um, wanted to learn more about. Uh, so that person who does not know about church, and I think sometimes we get stuck in a building in a structure when in fact uh, church is not about the building. <laughs> I mean, not about the structure, uh, but more about the Bible and being able to dig into a scripture and to learn more about self, uh, and also to be able to see how we got started, where we are today, and then how can we apply. Uh, the word to our daily life. I mean, how do you apply faith? How do you apply new beginnings? And just looking at uh, in Genesis, um, knowing that in the beginning, because again, there's a beginning to everything and, and how it was created. And God saw all things as good. So what someone else may not value, you may value. And um, there's no need to discredit what someone else values. Yeah, and... Uh... I just taught a, a Sunday school lesson for the youth uh, about the creation story Ooh. and the, the, the emphasis uh, that I uh, made was um, that he did say, you know, it was good. It was good. It was good. It was good. And it was very good when mm -hmm. he made us mm -hmm. and that, that God had taken his time and methodically made this world for mm -hmm. us. Mm -hmm. and and made us in their image and mm -hmm. some people uh interpret that as uh, uh the father son and holy spirit mm -hmm. uh, but we were made in god's image and uh you know i think it just shows uh what i was imparting was that it shows god's love it does it certainly shows God's so, love. And then, too, even as we dig deeper into the book of Genesis and we see the, the, two, um, the two stories of creations and to be able to look at and compare, and even where the second one's even more detailed. Um, and I just think to be able to be curious <laughs> um, and to be able to think as a man, why did God create this first? Why did he create that first? Um, and to be able to even start off with a conversation and it's amazing, amazing that a conversation can take you deeper into the word than maybe perhaps you even thought you were going to go. Or even one scripture will make you think about something and the light will come on. Yeah. You know, uh, I grew up Catholic and a friend of mine invited me to go to her church, which was an AME church. And mm -hmm. um, I ended up staying and here I am now. And uh the one thing that uh, is very meaningful to me about the AME Church, African Methodist Episcopal Church, is its focus on the, the gospel of liberation. Mm -hmm. 
And, uh, you know, liberation means so many things in different contexts, whether it be racial liberation, mm -hmm. whether it be uh, personal liberation mm -hmm. and liberation of the mind, mm -hmm. liberation of the spirit, liberation of empowerment. Uh, and uh, to, to view the gospel through that and to see Jesus as a liberator. Mm -hmm. uh, has, has helped me tackle so many uh, shortcomings and 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 personal, uh, you know, unhealthy thought about myself and my ability, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, I wish more people could hear that kind of preaching and teaching mm -hmm. that 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 Jesus has removed chains. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's funny because um, I grew up uh, attending Catholic schools <laughs> and certainly, uh, certainly uh, attending mass and certainly prayer in the morning um, and certainly uh, going to uh, religious studies classes uh, and certainly uh, learning more and, um, and um, trying to and attempting to uh, certainly um, apply to, to my life. And uh, even the, the feeding of the poor, again, constantly being emphasized uh, in, in religious studies classes uh, growing up um, and then being able to uh, certainly uh, see that, see that, but also to be able to see God uh, in it uh, and, and not to get stuck. It's almost like you're stuck with a label. Uh, I mean, somebody may like one brand or something. Somebody may like another brand. But if we get so fixed on the brand, uh, we then can't see the quality of the clothing. And, uh, and I think that's oftentimes what we don't see uh, the quality uh, of being able to have a conversation. Mm -hmm. I mean, and, and, and to be able to have a, a healthy conversation where it, 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 it uh, puts you in a position where you begin to dig deep or put someone else in and say, let's meet again today. Guess what I found? And to be able to do it with that degree of excitement that I've just discovered something that I think that I need to share with you and vice versa. And sometimes even challenging one another, but being able to challenge one, one another in a very healthy manner. Yeah. And um, I, 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 have, I have more of an appreciation for Catholic mass than I ever have in my life. Mm -hmm. you know, and the, the liturgy is, is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, it just spells everything out, um, and and I and I like mass once in a while. You know, it's a it's a different way of worshiping, um, and uh, I don't know. I I have I don't know that I've ever been in anybody's service mm -hmm. where I didn't like the way they worshipped. Mm -hmm. Now I've been in I've been in services, and I know you have too where I felt a certain way on how long the service was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I certainly have, have, have been in those situations. Yeah, like, is this ever going to end? Oh, yeah. Mm. And I found, I found something out after attending my first funeral at another church. Mm -hmm. they, they set all the preachers in the choir loft behind the pulpit and it was a three and a half hour funeral Ooh. and i will never sit in a location like that again yeah. i'll march in but i'll say you got to find me a seat at the end of one of these pews exactly <laughs> exactly well that's why you have to be very careful where, where they offer you a seat um like oftentimes when um uh, when, when, when someone knows that you're clergy and you're visiting and you stand and you say your name, oftentimes they'll invite you to a seat. I try to always turn the seat down as, as, as much as I can possibly turn it down because oftentimes I want an opportunity to sit in the congregation uh, to, to, to literally um, sh shift gears uh, so that I can really not just be physically present, but to be able to hear the sermon. Mm -hmm. I find that oftentimes when, when they put you in the pulpit. Now, I'm not hearing what I would have heard had I been in a congregation. Right. 
And sometimes we need to be preached to. Correct. Yeah. Now that reminds me of another another instance where a, a preacher entered a church for an afternoon service at a church where he did not like the pastor and that pastor didn't really like him. And uh, so the pastor of the church said, oh, so-and-so is here, Reverend so-and-so is here, come on up and sit with us in the pulpit. And the, Re the Reverend said, no, I'll stay here. And he says, come on up. And he said, no, I'll stay here. Come on up. No, I'll stay here. Come on up. Nothing. He just went like this and crossed his hands. And we must have sat there for a good two and a half minutes while they stared each other down. <laughs> wow. So the oh. pastor of the church had to give up. Wow. But it's just like, oh, there we go. Love your neighbor. <laughs> wow. That's something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So um, let's see. So um, are you are you officiating tomorrow too? Uh, yes, I am. Okay. So you are going to be doing two funerals. Mm-hmm. And uh, we uh, lift up the names of uh, Ronnie Gary. Yes. And uh, we lift up the name of Christine Palmer. Mm -hmm. and uh not to uh not to diminish uh brother gary uh, but uh christine uh palmer uh, i'm not sure if you're aware reverend collins but she was a definitely a friend of the no name yet podcast <laughs> and uh i actually found out uh, that she had died because she was supposed to come on the podcast that night oh and i called her twice and the second time her daughter picked up the phone and uh said oh reverend richard you don't know my mom died mm. so it was quite a shock yeah and uh you know my next my next item of business was to call gritty and uh justin because uh, they were coming on the podcast and I told them to sit down mm -hmm. and uh, they thought I was going to say my, you know, my computer was broken or something like that. And when I, when I told them, uh, Gritty, Gritty really reacted and um, Gritty and Christine really hit it off. Mm -hmm. uh, one time uh, Christine and Loyola came up to St. James and um, we went out to dinner afterwards and uh Gritty and uh, Christine were like two peas in a pod. It was uh, just great to to see, you know, mm -hmm. get along so well. Um, so I know that you know the the incredible uh, how much uh, I I'm missing her already, and uh, I know it's been rough on you too. Yeah. Miss Christine was, I mean. She was one of those persons that was just down to earth. Um, she allowed you certainly to uh, be the pastor, but she was that kind of person who would also invite you to her house for dinner. And she will ask you, what would you like to eat? Mm -hmm. What's your favorite meal? Like I liked her, her meatloaf. So she would make meatloaf for me. And if she knew what kind of dessert you like, uh, certainly she would make that. Uh, she was just a kind person and um, would really help anybody. I yeah. mean, and if she ever told you her story and some of her life experiences, and I can tell you right now, she did not look or sound like where she had been. Mm -hmm. I mean, and uh, I just, I love to see what God had did in her life. And she would say, you know, she called me up something. She said, I'm studying this particular scripture, but I don't understand this. And can you help me? And I love the fact that she was always seeking to know more about scripture, more about God. 
And, and if there was something that she was struggling with, let's say we had a Bible study. The last Bible study we had, um, um, it came from the book of Romans. I believe it was Romans chapter four. And it was about wisdom. And, um, and it's amazing how we talked about wisdom um, <laughs> and what that meant. And she was saying, you know, how much she was really trying to, to certainly uh, grow, grow stronger and then also to get understanding because that chapter also talked about understanding. And um, she says, but you know, I'm trying, I'm not giving up, Jesus. I'm going to keep doing this. And uh, she was just faithful. She was faithful. Uh, she was doing nonsense. And um, she was just a great person. Yeah. So uh, I have a clip mm -hmm. from um, the last podcast that she was on. And uh, I think that her reaction uh, uh, to what happens, uh, not necessarily her words, but her face and her laughter uh, captured her pretty well. So uh, I'm going to play the clip and uh, get your reaction to it. Mental health and his suffering from it. And like th those conversations from the people we idolize and getting those people coming out and be more comfortable is really what I've seen. And then being people around my age that are like talking about it, both in person and online. And it is, it's just, it's like, it, it is a mix, but like, because it's like, it's always suggested that black people go find black therapy therapist. That's a common thing. I say it all the time. I even talk, talk about it in, with a counselor at my job and I'm not sure how she may take it or not, but I, I told her straight up. Like, Students are using Larry Banks, I'm just using Larry Banks, I'm using Black Therapist. Outside of the school. guys, what's going on? I'm sorry, I'm like, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Mo. My fault. Keep going, because I, oh. I, I want to definitely add to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so like even in my school. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Since we stopped. <laughs> oh, he said keep going. Since so we're I can't listen to the brother. We're going to play a little bit of the theme right now uh -oh. and introduce for his second time back on the No Name Yet podcast, the worst guest ever. All right, what's going on, guys? What's going on? What's going on, Alex? I think this is my Thanks first time meeting me. you, right, brother? I am. Yeah, this is my first time meeting you. What's going on? How you doing, man? Nice to I'm, meet you, guys. I'm blessed and highly favored. Who, who, who else is here? Oh, well, so this, this is Christine. Hello. Christine, Miss Miss Christine, you look familiar. You know my mom. Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Uh -oh. Uh -oh. Christine, oh, Christine, right? Christine? You know what I'm talking about. Drive the blue car? Huh? Yeah. You drive the blue car, Christine? She on the she on the uh beef mom, yeah. <laughs> she on the podcast, ma. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> Black people all know each other now. <laughs> uh, she just, my, um, my mom's name is Natasha. She's Trinidadian. They call her Tom Natasha, Miss Tasha. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I said you got two Trinidadian men here. You Trinidadian, bro? Yeah, I'm Trinidadian. Oh, that's fire, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Yes, yes, sir. Um, yeah, I want to tell, the, uh, tell Tasha. I want to know where my goat meat at. Where my dinner? Mm. I'm not sure. <laughs> 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 said, where your goat meat? At? Where her goat meat at the dinner? <laughs> so what do you think? Yeah, that's her. That's her. That's Miss Christine. Yeah, that's Miss Christine. Yeah, yes, sir. Mm. So uh, I've already uh, last week's episode was uh, the best of Christine part one. Mm -hmm. So if you ever uh, if you ever just want to see Christine, uh, you can uh, go to our YouTube channel and just watch her. I've been doing that myself. Okay. Yeah, and. Uh, I'll be coming out with part two, I don't know, in a week or two. Will do. Yeah. Will do. Uh, so the No Name Yet podcast is uh, 
uh, definitely uh, has heard a lot about Christine the last two weeks. And uh, you, uh, I just like to say it's probably obvious how much she was loved. Mm-hmm. Is loved. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. And I'll be present with you on Thursday. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. And uh, so, is there anything uh, else on your mind or that you'd like to share or say to our the No Name Yet podcast audience? Hmm. Not at this time. Uh, again, uh, certainly grateful for the opportunity to be able to to share. Um, um, it's a great honor this afternoon, uh, and I definitely appreciate it. Um, and certainly, I thank you for your love and your support um, over the years because you have been a rock. And uh, whenever I've either called you, just needed to talk about something, uh, certainly you have been there. And I, I truly appreciate that. You're welcome. And I'm uh, glad to be called on, and you've done the same for me, too. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So uh, we end the episode the same way every time with a prayer. Okay. So let us pray. That Father God, I thank you so much that uh, Reverend Collins came on the No Name Yet podcast. And that, Lord, I ask that you continue to show her pre- your presence to her. Uh, that, Lord, uh, uh, she works uh, so hard for the kingdom, uh, so hard uh, for your people, so hard for y- the young people at the college she works. And Uh, that, Lord, that uh, she brings a sense of joy into things when she's doing it. So, Lord, uh, you know your daughter and you know her well. And that, Lord, I ask that the blessings continue to come. And that, Lord, I ask that you uh, bless her children, that you protect them, and that, Lord, that you allow them to continue to thrive. So, Lord, we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you so much. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And good night. Good night. Take care. Bless you. Bye-bye.